heard of a film, uh, The Passion of the Christ? W was that a story of romance or a story of yeah. what? Um, Murder. Like, like yeah. A story of death, right? The Passion of the Christ was a story of death. So what, what I'm getting at is the word passion is so interesting because it codes exclusively to the evolutionary psychologist's reptilian brain, meaning survival and reproduction. The only use of the word passion, the only two uses are survival and reproduction. Isn't that interesting? So there are so many synonyms for the word, um, such as vitality, um, uh, charisma, excitement, um, joie de vivre, um, uh, ec ecstasy, bliss, right? There's so many synonyms for the word passion, and yet the word passion and all of its synonyms uniquely code to just one area of the mind, the reptilian brain, where gender resides, where the instincts reside. I find that fascinating because what it means is the word passion is code for what Freud described as libido. And libido was not just sex appetite. Libido was life energy, life force, meaning how alive do you feel as a person? And aren't you addressing that in every psychotherapy you do with every client? You're assessing how alive is this person in, in terms of, it's not just happiness, it's uh, uh, ability to, to function, um, a sense of a future, uh, personal growth is occurring, relations to others in the community is occurring, all on account of having the, whatever this is, this life essence. And I don't mean that as like a weird spiritual guru kind of person. I mean it as a, a true scientific uh, concept that exists in all humans. And to, to again, not bury the lead on this, I am certain that the word passion and its synonym libido it has a masculine variety and a feminine variety. Regardless of one's gender or gender preference on the gender spectrum. Call it whatever you want, but it's life force. And masculinity and femininity are synonyms for it as well. So back to the word shame. Shame is the opposite of passion or vitality, or masculinity, or femininity. In other words, when we shame people, we are, well, we're, we're killing them, or we're killing part of them, okay? This gets into very emotional triggering areas of uh, psychology, which I'm not going to go into, but there the areas of uh, criminality, it's 
it's murder of one's core self. You know, it, it's the complete destruction of one's dignity as a human. It's beyond petty theft. It's beyond lesser criminal behaviors. It's so deep, it's soul murder, right? So for males and females, there's always going to be an equivalent. I don't know exactly what the equivalent in a male would be of soul murder, but there's, there's an equivalent somehow. And the reason I went, I went on that bunny trail um, is, is that it's probably the ultimate example of the deepest shame. Just to illustrate for you once more, why is shame the master negative emotion? It's because it's actually taking, uh, well, life essence from the person or libido, right? The definition of Freud's libido was life force, life energy, okay? Um, also, a, a, uh, a flip side of shame is a very terrible behavioral state called rage. Shame and rage are, are enantiomers. They're, they're flip side opposites that are the same. So shame and rage. Um, if you want one of the ultimate stories of feminine instinctual shame and rage, study the Greek figure Medusa. Okay? Uh, Medusa was raped by Poseidon in the temple of Athena, and Athena didn't even bother to come to her assistance, but later relented and awarded her a consolation prize of revenge over all males, uh, the ability to turn them to stone. So the story of Medusa is a story of feminine shame and rage and loss of uh, life force, life essence, okay? Um, let's see, other, other topics. Um, you know, a, there, there's a poem you can check out or that you know called If by Rudyard Kipling, and it describes all sorts of masculine instincts in it. They're kind of listed for you there, you know, for a, for a poetic understanding of the median at the bell curve of males. Um, some of you from a decade or two ago may recall a famous Atlantic monthly uh, piece of writing by Hannah Rosen called The End of Men. Maybe you remember it, maybe you don't, but it was uh, very famous at the time. And it was kind of a forecast of sociologically of what would happen, you know, by the current year uh, to males in the West. Very interesting to go back and look at this article, The End of Men. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a writer uh, that you should check out um, named Jean Shinoda Bolin. Uh, her writing is about four decades old, but she was kind of prescient about this, uh, this area of psychology study decades uh, before it's now arrived. And um, her her uh, most famous book, her first book, was called The Goddesses and Every Woman. The Goddesses and Every Woman. She's a, um, 
she's a Jungian analyst and an MD. And um, so she studies Jungian psychology and practices it. And um, her book was about what amount to the feminine instincts. And she used, guess what? Um, Greek mythology to explain it. Her second book was called The Gods in Every Man. So the goddesses in every woman and the gods in every man were her two books. And they're quite remarkable. They basically cover all these Greek gods and goddesses as code for what are the specific universal masculine and feminine instincts. Jean Shinoda Bolin. By the way, she's one of the founding grandmothers of first wave feminism. Um, let's see. These are all your cognitive biases. <laughs> um, I, I thought it was worth noting somewhere in the talk that whenever you hear sociological ideas like you need to stop your co your unconscious cognitive biases. I always like kind of cringe because how how do we stop our unconscious cognitive biases? It's uh, I don't get that. It's not possible. We can become more aware of them, but they're by definition unconscious. I mean, they're going to operate no matter what. Um, I think the reason this is relevant is not to get into a sociology argument, but but to say just like cognitive, unconscious cognitive biases, masculine instincts and feminine instincts are unconscious. We're not aware of them consciously. They're always operating. 